The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the podcast production company that's making the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts and a sixth event podcast, but we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for listening. Welcome to One Shots, a Dumb Dumbs and Dice podcast where professional voiceover actors and improvisers tackle one-shot stories created in a variety of hit RPGs. I'm your host, DJ One Shot, and I'm here to welcome you to Star Trek Adventures. This arc features our GM, Tom McGee, and players Ryan LaPlante, Tyler Hewitt, Laura Elizabeth, and the mysterious Kristen. What happens when the dum-dums are forced to boldly go where no person has gone before? Nobody knows cause it's one shot! <laughs> Star Trek Edition. Captain's Log Supplemental. We are headed for Neandra Station, uh, stardate 37138.1, uh, before continuing on to Trill for my joining, which I'm uh, particularly excited about. Uh, on board, I have a, uh, a fellow Trill with me uh, who has already had her joining ceremony. I must say I'm a little bit jealous, but uh, we'll be sorting that out soon enough. Uh, she and I have the distinction of being the first joined Trill in command of a Starfleet vessel, so the ceremony, uh, forthcoming, is being watched with great interest. We've received a distress call from a research expedition, however, on Xerxes IV that takes precedence. Despite my eagerness to join my symbiote, the ceremony will have to wait. On board the ship, we have a number of promising junior officers, and I've decided to give them an opportunity to work together on this particular mission in the hopes that they will form a bond that will serve them moving forward. Each of them has served with distinction on the ship so far under the command of their various uh, commanding officers and their various... Uh, off <laughs> in their uh, various sections, and I'm excited to see uh, what comes of their adventures. Uh, so first of all, uh, in the medical department, we have... Uh, hello there. My name is Dr. Bartosh Karai, but you can call me Dr. Bart. <laughs> I am a Betazoid, and I'm uh, the physician aboard our ship, uh, and uh, I specialize in uh, xenobiology, and it's a pleasure to meet you all. 
um, on uh, our security detail, we're lucky enough to have a, a Vulcan, which is, of course, still uh, a bit of a rarity these days, but uh, one that's increasingly less so. I am Lieutenant Junior Grade Spork. <laughs> I am the Chief of Security. I look vaguely like Channing Tatum <laughs> with Vulcan ears and an appropriate haircut, as I am Vulcan. I believe in logic. I believe in combat. I believe the emotional and logical inconsistencies of the Vulcan people are both infuriating and confusing. As such, <laughs> I have joined Starfleet. We are also lucky enough to have in our science division uh, one of Starfleet's up-and-coming stars from a long pedigree of uh, excellent Starfleet officers. Uh, hello, I am Liz. Uh, I am Elizabeth uh, Cobalt. I'm a, a human. I I went. I just graduated with a, a specialty in advanced theoretical physics, which was great. Um, I, I grew up in Starfleet. My parents are in Starfleet, so I'm super excited to be here and, uh, and and nice to, nice to be working with all of you. And last but not least, of course, we have my, my fellow Trill, uh, who, uh, is joined already with us in uh, who's down in engineering. Hi, so my name is Emery Tor. Um, so I, basically I joined Starfleet as an unjoined Trill, uh, just me, Emery Kane. And uh, I was really stoked about, you know, engineering and uh, learning about warp field dynamics and, and uh, got my doctorate in warp field dynamics. And uh, shortly after graduation, I got a call from the Troll Homeworld saying, we've got a symbiont for you. It's an emergency. We need you to come back home immediately, um, which was a surprise to me because I didn't even know that I could be joined. So... Uh, yeah, I've had my symbiont uh, tour for a couple months now and still getting used to it, but going great so far. So I will be sending uh, Dr. Bart, uh, Lieutenant Cobalt, Spork, and Emery Tor down to the planet with uh, Lieutenant Sims, uh, whose disposition has been somewhat problematic thus far, but I'm hoping that uh, working with such accomplished young officers will give him the, the push he needs to, uh, to reach his full potential. Uh, so we are now coming up on uh, the planet Xerxes IV. Hopefully, this will be the final log of me logging in as uh, Captain John Grantham, and hopefully next to here, I will be joined with my symbiote. So here's hoping. Captain's log out. So, uh, you've been aboard the USS Moonhammer uh, for <laughs> quite some time. You've served with distinction so far. Uh, as I said, all of you have uh, proven yourselves uh, to Captain Grantham in a, a variety of ways. Um, and uh, even though you're not the, the top of your division um, in each of your, your various departments, uh, you definitely have potential, and there, there's a lot of potential there. The senior officers who are above you are, are very impressed with your various uh, work so far. Um, as you approach Xerxes IV, uh, you're getting ready in the shuttlecraft. Um, you're going to be going uh, down to the planet. You know there's a research team um, that uh, sent out a distress call um, that you received en route to um, uh, Narenda Station. And um, your job is basically to investigate, figure out what happened to the science team, help them if they need help, evacuate them if they need evacuation. Um, you're loading up the shuttle. Um, Lieutenant Sims seems uh, somewhat frustrated to be going down with you uh, to the planet. Um, he... Uh, you've seen Sims around. He's um, uh, he's a human um, officer. He seems just like you know he. You can tell he's one of those guys that's really hungry for command, mm. um, but uh, hasn't really done anything to earn it yet. Uh, so uh, the first officer on the Moonhammer, um, first officer Anders, has kind of warned you. He's like, listen, uh, the, the captain sending you all down with Sims. 
we really just, you know, anything you can do to help help him along. You know, we're, uh, we think he's got a lot of potential, but uh, we're kind of worried. Um, but, you know, you figure if uh, Anders trusts him, if Grantham trusts him, he's, he's probably all right. Um, and uh, all of you have uh, have encountered Anders a few times. He's uh, he's one of the uh, he's uh, a fairly bright rising star. He's uh, he's a good first officer. You know he uh, he seems to kind of have a good handle on things, and uh, he's often your point of contact for stuff. Um, and Grantham is a heroic Starfleet captain. You are all so very lucky. You know him by reputation. Um, rising star in Starfleet. Um, the Miranda class ships are fairly, still fairly new, um, even though the Klingon war is now shifted in as, uh, as shifted gears out of the cold war into kind of a more easy piece. Um, the, uh, the Miranda is, it's truly a, a versatile vessel and you're all honored to be serving, uh, serving aboard it. And, uh, you know, theoretically nothing but good things ahead. So you load up the shuttle, um, <laughs> Sims is grumbling away. Um, as you do, um, Elizabeth, you get a... Uh, which which name do you prefer to go by? Do you want me Cobalt? Do you want me Elizabeth? What's... Uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, yeah. great. Um, so, uh, Elizabeth, you get a, uh, a an indicator on your um, tricorder, which, uh, of course, we're currently in sort of the late original series era right now. So, uh, if, you know, technology's a little little behind modern Trek. Um, you get an, indica- uh, an indicator on your tricorder that um, the ship is experiencing um, uh, a lot of sort of uh, bizarre readings. Uh, there seems to be an ion storm coming in. Um, it's just to notify you. It's not anything that you particularly need to worry about. Um, they're just giving you a heads up as the science officer on the shuttle that this could potentially be an issue. Uh, but the higher-ups are going to deal with it, so not to worry. Uh, so you load up the shuttle, and you begin your descent down to Xerxes for... So um, you're heading down to Xerxes IV. It's an uninhabited Class M planet uh, that you know contains no sentient life except for the Federation science team. The distress signal offered no information except that the science team stationed there was in danger. Now, as you start to uh, head down towards the planet's surface, um, you can see the ion storm is kicking up, and its readings are very strange. Uh, Elizabeth, this isn't like anything you've seen before. Um, it, uh, it certainly shares characteristics with sort of a standard uh, storm of electrical interference, but there seems to be a lot... It's just some weird readings going on. Um, now, who is... Uh, so you're piloting the shuttlecraft. Who's on con and who's on ops? I'll be on ops. Okay. Uh, I'll take con. Okay, excellent. You have the con. Ha! There <laughs> you go. Sick. First of many. Yes. <laughs> I'm the captain now. Um, Star Trek. Star Trek. It's happening. <laughs> uh, great. So... Um, uh, Emery, as you're um, guiding the ship down, um, all of a sudden, uh, the all the um, panels start to like flash with uh, mm-hmm. warnings. Um, the shuttle is struck by some of the electrical interference, and all of a sudden, you find yourself losing control. Um, the uh, the con isn't responding properly, and the shuttle begins a free fall down towards the planet's surface. Uh, Lieutenant Sims is like trying to like muscle past you, being like, well, "What's going on? What's going mm-hmm. on? Hey, like, okay, what 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 just happened?" Um, it, it, it's, <laughs> holy shit. Um, it looks like sis, oh my God. <laughs> insane. I reach out with an Sorry. arm and I pin Sims against the wall <laughs> and I say, now is not the time for talking. Proceed. Um, we've got, we've, it seems like we've got a sort of systems failure happening. We've just been struck, um, the ship yeah. is is plummeting towards the uh, the surface of the planet. You can see um, through the the viewport, just broken through the atmosphere. 
Um, there's still a lot of electrical interference, mm-hmm. uh, lightning storms, every, everything um, down below you um, seems to be sort of mostly jungle. Um, and mm-hmm. then in the distance on an outcropping, you can see the uh, the Federation Science Outpost. Okay. Um, During her pause, I turn to the crew and I just say, emergency procedures, everyone strap in now. We will be hitting the ground. I'd like to point out that Sims strapping in is just your arm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I, I shake. I throw him towards a chair. <laughs> the the closer the surface of the planet gets, uh, Doctor Bard is just saying, "Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear." Um, is there anything that I can do to stabilize the ship, either in its There's descent or? Um, I mean, I I'm, try to try to reboot. The... I mean, I'm no engineer. <laughs> Um, But yes, so um, basically the way uh, that the 2D20 system works Mm -hmm. is through tasks. So anytime you want to accomplish something, uh, as we figure out between us whether or not it's a task or just something you can do. So in this case, um, what you probably want to do is regain control of the Mm -hmm. ship and successfully land it. So in order to do that, um, that is going to be a daring or a control. um, So you basically everything... uh, the way the 2D20 system works is through target numbers. So it will essentially be taking uh, your attribute score and your discipline score, mm-hmm. adding them together and trying to roll under it on uh, 2D20. You can also buy additional D20 with momentum um, or add threat to my pool, which allows me to cause okay. uh, problems for you down the road. So for you, this will either be a daring or a control plus con check. Um, so I'm going to, yeah, so I'm going to use my control plus con um, to attempt to stabilize our descent. Okay, great. Is, is the operations panel still functioning? It sure is. So if you'd like to try and assist, you can do so. Just got to explain to me what you want to do. I would like to assist, and I will take the uh, the power to weapons, and I will take kind of all of the weapons and sensor power and drive it over to engines to try to be able to help nice. do the stop. I'm doing that one-handed because I'm cool, uh, <laughs> and I'm throwing Sims into a chair and strapping myself in with the other. Okay, so I'm going to give you that as a daring plus uh, engineering check in order to throw systems to... Uh, actually, no, I'll give you security for that because it's weapon systems. Cool. Yeah, so uh, daring plus security to throw that over. So um, the way that um, assisting in this works is it takes your full action to assist. Um, you get to roll 1d20 um, in order to uh, score under your target number. Um, if the main person leading the check scores any successes, then yours counts towards their success. So um, right now you have two dice. Mm-hmm. Um, you ha- everyone starts with one point of determination, which you can use for an automatic success. Uh, they are hard to come by, though, so hang on to those. Um, alternative, you currently have no momentum because this is the first check of the game. However, if you do want more dice, you can buy them using threat. So essentially okay. what that would mean is you can either, for almost any, anything you can use momentum for, you can also give me threat points for. Uh, and I currently have two points of threat in my pool. All right. Um, I would recommend that this early, and given that you only have a difficulty of two, that this and you have someone assisting, that this probably isn't the best time to buy additional right. stuff. Right. Okay. So I need two. We need two successes then, with a threat of two, in order to. Sorry, with a. Yeah. So with a difficulty, difficulty of two, of two uh, basically roll. Um, the way uh, successes work is um, roll your. Uh, you'll roll your skills to see if you're able to attempt the thing you're doing. Okay. So both mine, so I, with a control of 11, con of 4, um, I need to get 15 or lower, and I got a 7 and an 8. 7 and an 8, great. So that's two successes. 
Mm-hmm. And daring plus security for me is 15, and I scored a 15. So at the very last second, I have <laughs> successfully transferred the energy. Great. So you've got three successes. Uh, it had a difficulty of two. So the, the additional success means you gain one momentum. Nice. So here's what you can do with momentum. Um, there's a variety of things that you can use momentum for. Um, you can save it for later, and anyone can use it, which is one of the ways that you're able to help your crewmates, even if you're not necessarily in the same room with them. Or you can use it to gain a better result. So right now, you have control of the shuttlecraft, and you're going to be able to land it. If, however, you want to spend your momentum, I might be able to move you closer to your destination. You can also bank it for later. It's up to you. Let's, you want to bank this momentum? Yeah, you're at the con. Um, Make that beautiful call. Yeah, we're going to bank this momentum. We don't know what situation we're getting into. We might need it on the planet surface. I like that your character in character knows what momentum is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> so uh, having, uh, having it. regained uh, control of the, uh, the the shuttlecraft, um, you managed to uh, to bring it. it. It's still a crash landing, but it's controlled crash landing. Okay. Um, so you don't hit the ground and erupt. And <laughs> um, no one is injured from the landing, which is great. Uh, so you bring the shuttlecraft down hard. Um, you know, it obviously jostles all of you. Luckily, you're all strapped in uh, based on sports recommendations. Um Sims is like clearly shaken from the whole thing. He, uh, you can tell he's like trying to regain his composure really quickly and pretend that he didn't just like lose his mind. But you know, clearly this this is a bit of an embarrassing situation for him. Um, so the shuttlecraft is is very badly damaged, very heavily damaged. Um, you think you can probably fix it, but not with anything you have on hand. You'll likely need whatever the uh, the OA team brought with them to the uh, science expedition. But it's definitely it's not irreparable. Like it's not in shreds, but okay. it's not great right now. So as you uh, exit the damaged shuttle uh, to reconnoiter the surroundings, you hear some strange grunts and shrieks. Uh, and as you look to sort of the, uh, the woods around you, um, you can kind of see just uh, some motion through, through the trees, through the bushes. And then uh, sort of uh, pushing its way out of one looks like something uh, who's, who's got some history in their background. Um, xenobiology? Ze- I was going to mm-hmm. say xenobiology. I'm also a telepath as a Betazoa, but I don't know how developed that is this early on. Uh, and what does telepathy allow you to do? Uh, that's a good question. I think I can sense like the surface thoughts of, of people, um, and if they don't want me like reading their minds, they have there's like a, a role to do basically. Doctor Bart, through the trees, um, you sort of reach out with your your uh, telepathy, and um, you're shocked to what you you don't so much read thoughts mm-hmm. with, uh, with with these creatures. Instead, it's it's almost like flashes of of. Uh, pictures and images and, and senses. It seems very um, almost animalistic. Uh, okay. This doesn't feel like a standard human mind. Um, but what you can kind of ascertain is like danger um, and, uh, and threat. And as they're, you can kind of like see that they're looking at you and they see all of you as dangers and threats. And there's a lot of fear and anger. Okay. Um, so uh, suddenly kind of out of the trees, uh, four creatures start to emerge and um, they look very much um, like Neanderthal humans. So for the humans in the party, this is definitely something you'd, you'd be familiar mm-hmm. with. Um, and they seem to be wearing sort of shredded and worn versions of Starfleet uniforms. Um, and uh, you can see them, they're kind of making like war noises and you can see they're like holding up rocks. A couple of them have like made clubs out of tree branches and uh, they look uh, highly aggravated. Well, I think we found the away team. <laughs> All right. Which brings us to combat. So, Ryan, uh, with Spork, you have uh, an ability, do you not, that uh, the benefits I am here? quick to action, which means during the first round of combat, my allies ignore... Uh, oh, God damn it. Let me read this again. <laughs> that was just Ryan. Uh, 
During the first round of combat, you and allies ignore the normal cost to retain the initiative. Excellent. So I'm going to give... Uh, what that basically means is that um, all of you will get to act before the Neanderthals. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, they've all come out of... Um, the way uh, combat works in this game is in zones. So rather than distances and having to be like, I am three hexes away from something, mm. we're, uh, we're in zones. So the way I'd like, to, like you to think about this, the shuttlecraft has crash-landed in a clearing. Um, so there's the shuttle itself, which is zone, one zone. There's the area around the crash uh, where we've kind of broken through the foliage. It's like a small clearing... Um, no cover, very plain. There's the sort of edge of the trees, where which uh, the Neanderthals have just emerged from, mm-hmm. which is, you know, there's still trees and foliage and rocks and things that you could duck behind, but also isn't heavy, heavy cover. And then deeper into the trees is more kind of a, like, jungly environment that would be gotcha. much harder to see into. So currently, the Neanderthals are kind of huddled around the edge of the trees. You guys are all standing around the shuttlecraft. Spork, what do you do? You also notice that uh, one of the Neanderthals seems to be carrying a phaser, but is currently pointing it at itself. I turn to the rest of the group and say, phasers to stun. I activate my phaser and step into the cover of the shuttle door, and I prepare a hand to close the shuttle door should the rest of the crew join me inside before the Neanderthals arrive. Okay. Uh, You're not certain whether the door will work or not, but um, you could certainly take a... You or one of your team could take a look to, to see if they could get that operational. I am not the man for that job. <laughs> I, I turn to Lieutenant Tor, and I say, doors now. All right. And uh, so I go right over to the doors, and uh, I'm just going to check, just do a, do a test to see uh, if the circuitry is still working in the doors. Okay. So um, the circuitry seems intact, mm-hmm. uh, but the power source is down. You get the sense that the engine was damaged in the crash and that okay. uh, likely the power to the ship is inoperable. Okay. It seems like getting the power up is going to take a little more than the couple seconds we seem to have. So, um, wait, is the door open right now? The door is currently open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on this as fast as I can, but... We may need to fight and defend ourselves. Sims is like so, game over, man. Game <laughs> over. So I want I want to start seeing immediately if I can if I can um, get the en- engine into a position where it'll power the doors. Um, with a quick look, you don't have the you, you have insufficient parts. This is like yeah. This isn't a repair job on yep. site. This is like a rebuild okay. job. There's no possibility of a manual closing. Yeah, you, you can try and you can try and force the door down. Um, Generally speaking, Starfleet stuff is, is built to be operated through uh, magnetic seals and locks, so it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be a bit of a bit of a to-do, but yeah, you can attempt it. Um, as uh, I, I think Dr. Bardosh is probably trying to escort the clearly shaken um, Officer Sims um, back into the shuttle for cover. Uh, and he, I, I want to like kind of like look over my shoulder. Um, I, have ha- I have focuses in diseases and virology. Do these Neanderthalic people look sick? Um, in as much as they're Neanderthals, yes. Um, you've, you've certainly, with your knowledge of, uh, of diseases like this, in the strange, strange world of, of, uh, for the various planets and and effects, um, this isn't outside the realm of something you could believe could happen. Hmm. Um, but you're uncertain of the source. This isn't something you've ever encountered, but it also, like, you aren't looking at this being like, what? You're looking at being like, very strange, but. Yeah, I, I could I could understand this. Uh, I suspect that if you had more information, you would probably be able to figure out what's going on. Okay. Uh, in that case, I just continue to escort Sims back on board the, the shuttle behind the doors. Okay, great. 
So you you do um, something to know uh, to note about this game. Um, they remove a lot of the excess dice rolling. So mm-hmm. if there's a task that you would just be able to that I think you would just be able to accomplish, mm-hmm. you'll just do it right, rather okay. than having to okay. roll. So uh, be aware that will mean there will be less dice rolling yeah, than say yeah. a D and D game. Mm-hmm. But it's largely that if there's something that encounters no resistance, there'd be no reason for you to, to have to roll. All right, uh, Elizabeth, what are you okay. doing? Uh, Bartosh, I'm going to provide cover for you while you're uh, assisting Sims back in the shuttle. Okay, great. Uh, so what I'd recommend is you can take a... Oh, no, never mind. There's a minor action called aim um, that you can do, but if you're not firing, then it doesn't do anything. So that's just something to keep in mind for, for next round if you do decide to fire. Okay. Uh, great, okay. So um, currently then, uh, Spork, you're covering the doors. Um, we've got Spork and Elizabeth uh, sort of covering the rest of the team. Um, uh, Tor, you're inside uh, dealing with uh, the mechanics and realizing that you're out of luck. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bartosh, you're, you successfully get Sims back in. Sims seems more... He, he's definitely cracking under the pressure yeah. of the situation. Um, and uh, yeah, you're able to kind of get him... The shuttle's still open, but, you know, right in somewhat. Great. Uh, so the uh, that brings us to sort of the top of the next turn of combat um the neanderthals are looking agitated but you guys just moved so quickly because spork is so combat ready uh what do you do we'll go uh, spork again spork i'd just like to remind you that these are still our starfleet comrades and we may be able to reverse whatever conditions they are under question for the games master knowing spork would know this at the time do we have any rations on board this shuttle no this was meant to be a, a like a two hour in and out i draw my phaser uh, and flick it over to area uh, amongst the charge and I yell to them if you remember your training do not attack should you do so we will be forced to respond with violence and sorry did you fire your phaser at the ground or just no no great uh, okay so the um, you kind of yell that to the Neanderthals they show no sign of, of recognition um Dr. Bart, you don't get any nope, like no telepathic thoughts. flashes. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. seem to be kind of in the same state. Uh, there's a flash of lightning in the sky, and you see all of them kind of flinch and get more agitated, and then one of them yells something incomprehensible and uh, rushes at Spork with a club. So uh, he runs up to you, and he's going to attempt to attack you. So the way this works is uh, melee combat is an opposed check. So um, I'm going to roll two d20. You're going to roll two d20. Um you're rolling on uh, daring plus security with a difficulty of one. And I'm also rolling on that. So cool. I needed 15 and I have scored a five and a 12, two successes. Excellent. Uh, so I needed, uh, I needed a 10. Uh, but I rolled a one, which counts as two successes. So we both have two successes. I am also uh, focused in hand-to-hand combat. What is the number underneath which I need to score for it to count as two? What is your security? Five. I have scored a five. Great. So then you get three successes. So you win. You're able to uh, force the Neanderthal back. Uh, I assume because you have a phaser, you're not going to try and engage in fisticuffs. But I think this is a classic Trek-like... I hit him in the face with the phaser. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> just pistol whip him. Um, oh, so we're going to count this as an improvised attack. So the way that works is um, we're going to give you uh, 2d6 damage um, for the phaser and for the hit, uh, plus your security. security. Six total. 
And uh, so the Neanderthal uh, has uh, no resistance because he's a Neanderthal. So uh, his nose just like shatters under your, your phaser Ooh. strike. Oh, no. um, and uh, he, he grunts something horrible. Like, <laughs> and uh, kind of stumbles back away from you holding his face. Uh, he seems very surprised that the, the tiny stick in your hand was able to, uh, to do that much damage. All right, uh, Elizabeth, you're, you've got your phaser up, uh, you're sort of covering the exit. You've just seen a Neanderthal rush in and attack Spork. Um, there's a few more lurking that seem like they're ready on the verge of attack. What do you do? Okay, I see Spork's in distress, so I'm going to uh, aim and fire uh, on stun setting, though. Awesome. So taking the minor action to aim and then the, the task to fire. So roll those 2d20. You're trying to get under uh, your control plus security and a difficulty of 2. Which is 10. 10. Okay. And I've rolled uh, effect in 19. Uh, are these... Oh, yeah. Great. All right. Uh, and because you're aiming, you can re-roll your 18. 10. Great. So um, that's the two successes you yes. need uh, plus an effect. So um, you blast the... Uh, you certainly blast that Neanderthal. It, you know, it's a classic Star Trek stun blast. He just falls over. Yes. It's very polite. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, because uh, your aim was so true on that, uh, I'm going to let you sort of cast the blast past him as well. Okay. And um, hit an additional target. So uh, roll your damage, please. So it's a type 2 phaser, so you should have 3d6 for a type 2 phaser. All right, so that's one from the dice yep. plus your security, which is one. one. So do two damage to the one, which was enough to stun him, and to uh, a secondary Neanderthal who just kind of... It's that classic, uh, like, I've always found this really funny about people repeatedly firing in Star Trek, where because the phaser is just such an easy-to-point-and-shoot weapon, they'll just shoot one person, then immediately shoot another, because they're like, whatever, I'm basically just pointing <laughs> a stick in various directions. Yeah, yeah. So, nice and easy, classic, um, Tasha Yar-style, like, blast, blast. <laughs> um, the, uh, the second Neanderthal is very surprised, but his fellows did not like that. And you can see the one with the phaser start to look at it with, with seemingly new, uh, new recognition uh, in his eyes. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
everyone, this is Laura here. I'm not totally sure what to say because Ryan is making me do this because I'm sitting here and we're about to record. But if you want to help to join in and possibly mess me up, uh, you can throw some fun into the mix at patreon.com slash dice And join our community, have a say in what happens in the show, and a bunch of other stuff. So come check it out and make my life better or worse. Who knows? So, um, great. That brings us to, uh, let's go with the one that just got shot. So she is very surprised and is having none of this. Uh, so she is going to uh, throw a rock at you <gasps> as hard as she can. She's so mad. Um, so I'm trying to beat. They're so bad at ranged. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, she's got to beat a six. <laughs> Oof. I mean, they're Neanderthals, not pitchers. Sure. Uh, so she gets one success, which is not nearly enough. So the uh, she throws that rock with all of her might, and it it depressingly bounces <laughs> twice in front of you and kind of rolls past your foot. Not uh, not up to Starfleet standards at all. <laughs> this is really disappointing. Very I look at the rest. Sir. <laughs> I look at the rest of the crew and say, "Keep them at range." <laughs> uh, a sound uh, a sound philosophy. Um, she uh, she looks really betrayed by that rock. She really thought uh, that was going to be her deal. Okay, so uh, let's go to uh, Emery. So you've realized the system is down, uh, not coming back online mm-hmm. anytime soon. What do you do? You can hear phaser shots from outside. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to assist my crewmates. So uh, I am going to use our momentum in this case. Uh, so I'm going to step out of the ship, um, and I'm going to use momentum to draw my phaser and... Um, and I'm going to ready an action that if the Neanderthal that has the phaser in hand looks like they're about to fire on any of our crewmates, I'm going to fire at them. Okay, awesome. So uh, laying down laying down the, the cover, keeping people safe. I like it. Uh, great. So, uh, all right. So, uh, Dr. Bart, um, uh, Sims is, is clearly freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's starting to like kind of thrash against you. And he's like reaching for his phaser. And he's like, we, we got to get out there. We got to put those guys down. I'm going to sedate Sims. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Awesome. Uh, I'm going to make that an opposed check because uh, he's going to try and uh, avoid being uh, sedated. <laughs> Unlike the Ramones, he does not want to be sedated. Um, so uh, can you give me... I think that's going to be daring and medicine. Okay. And I still roll two, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Unless you uh, want more. Uh, I'm going to say it's difficulty one because... It's literally like you've you've had thrashing patients before. This yeah. isn't news. Um, again, if you want more dice, you can buy them at cost of threat. Got it. Right now. Uh, so I had to meet a twelve, and I rolled an eight and a nine. Excellent. So uh, you succeed, and you earn one point of momentum. Uh, so you successfully sedate him. Uh, did you want to do anything with the momentum now? Uh, in general, if if there's an additional effect you want, you can just tell me. Uh-huh. I guess then I might use the momentum now in that I want Sims to be calm, but not knocked out. I just need him to stop thrashing. Okay. I, need to th- I need him to think clearly. Okay, so Maybe let's say... assisted with telepathy or sure. I don't so, know. Sure, yeah, so yeah, yeah, so um, I, I think... Valium? Yeah, yeah, I think basically yeah. you go in and um, you're not sure if he's going to resist, so you basically give him half a dose and then use your telepathy to like see where he's at. Mm. Um, and so he's a little bit dopey, but you can see that like the agitation is down. And I think the idea was like you pulled half the trigger and if he was still thrashing, you'd just give him the full right, dose. Right. But he just calmed down. He, he kind of um, he looks at you with like a, a slight sense of betrayal that you you did this. But he's kind of like, all right, I, I, I get it. I'll be calm. Now, now, Sims. 
These are the sort of stories that make big, big promotions for our officers. Oh, I do. I do want a big, big promotion. Oh, we all want you to have that big promotion. All right. Thank you, Doctor. He kind of, like, gives you, like, a big grudging bro nod. You know, like, <laughs> at the end of, like, an action movie where it's like, right. we were on different teams, but now we begrudgingly work together. Dr. Bart doesn't know the bro nod, so I think he just claps his hands twice. <laughs> just, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, excellent. So you've come to, uh, you've come to an understanding with Sims, who uh, now seems like he might be useful. Uh, great, okay. So um, Neanderthal, looking at the phaser, uh, has seen, still only seen one person fire it, um, and is starting to sort of poke at the nozzle that's pointing at it and starts to kind of turn it in its hand. And it's still trying to figure out like which way, which way is up. <laughs> is, oh, uh, mm-hmm. This is, I guess, more of like a, I don't know how these things work in Star Trek. Is it clear, like even from a distance, what that thing's setting is in his hands? No, not at all. No, uh, think, like think of it safety um, on a gun, like yeah, it's like a safety on a gun. Okay. Yeah, like more modern phasers, it's literally two buttons that are next to each other. Oh, okay, um, okay. So, on the old ones, it's yeah, it's okay. like a switch. So we don't know if he's going to knock himself or blow his head off or kill us. Cool. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Just just another manic Monday. <laughs> um, okay, rad. So that brings us to. You've all gone this round? Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. So the uh, the one remaining uh, Neanderthal who hasn't done anything yet um, decides, you know what, uh, discretion's the better part of valor. Well, that's not true. It's the opposite of that. I don't know. I don't know why I said that. Uh, the, um, <laughs> the Neanderthal who hasn't gone yet uh, holds up its club uh, in rage and has seen uh, Elizabeth fire and so uh, thinks that the, the lightning creature is probably the scariest one. Uh, so it's going to rush at you and attempt to uh, swing its club mightily at you. Uh, so I need you to roll me an oppose check, please, um, against a difficulty of one, and that'll be daring plus security. Great. Okay, so that's 12, and I've got a 15 and a 17. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I used that momentum on the face. <laughs> so um, the, uh, the Neanderthal uh, rolled a three, or sorry, rolled three successes. Oh, um, no. So uh, it oh. manages to uh, to get its, its club past your defenses. Now the good news is that uh, because you're kind of tucked in against the shuttle, you've got a bit of cover, uh, but not much. I'll, I'll just roll my dice. I don't need to roll the, the special dice. <sighs> Always a bridesmaid. Uh, okay, so uh, Elizabeth, if you could please roll me one d six. You're not really the shuttle cover doesn't work the same way as it does against ranged weapons because you're kind of standing next to it, but I'll give you one for kind of being able to... It's generous. To lean. Yeah. <laughs> it's early. <laughs> cool. So one plus an effect. So here's what happens. The uh, Neanderthal runs up, uh, swings its club. Uh, you kind of duck. Spork helps push you back a bit, um, but the, uh, the cl- so the club kind of bounces off a, a jagged piece of metal, but it still comes down pretty hard on you. Um, you're able to get an arm up uh, to block against it. Um, unfortunately, doing so means your arm takes the full brunt of the, uh, the hit. Uh, so you drop your phaser and it skitters away, um, and you're going to take two points of stress. Okay. And the Neanderthal looks like, hey, I finally did something. This is great. And it's pretty happy to see the phaser skitter away, but you see its eyes kind of follow the phaser. Oh, God. Cool. Uh, so, Spork, your, uh, your friend has just been clubbed. You managed to kind of help shove her out of the way, but uh, uh, the creature is at, at distance. I'm going to close on the immediate threat with... In violent intent. Moving forwards, I will be aiming my blows at the throat and face, knowing this will injure it the most and perhaps drive it off. I do not have fatal intent, but should that happen accidentally, I have deemed this acceptable. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, roll your uh, 
Roll your attack, please, sir. This is opposed, correct? I needed 16s. I have scored two 15s. I have two successes. Excellent. Uh, The creature has rolled for complication, so that's a bummer. Uh, So can you roll me uh, your damage dice, please? Using my improvised (laughs) melee phaser (laughs) weapon. Yep. Works distance, works up close. Six damage. Six damage. All right. How did you calculate that? I rolled one, and I added my security score, oh, which is five. Gotcha. I am not one to be trifled with, Lieutenant Thor. Tor, close enough. Uh, so you, uh, <laughs> so you, you see your friend uh, get hit, and you uh, you aim for the the neck and face, as as your, your training suggests, um, and swinging uh, your your phaser mightily, using kind of like. Uh, I'm going to say you you aim the, uh, the the handle like the bottom of the handle for like the larynx directly for the larynx. Um, but now uh, it shall not fight nor communicate with its comrades. Uh, well, no, it certainly does not because the complication is that you you collapse that that larynx, so uh, oh, no. it uh, you feel it give way under your your mighty strike, uh, and the Neanderthal starts like coughing and sputtering and kind of falls to his knees, grasping at its throat. It seems to be uh, choking, possibly to death. Interesting. Um, oh shit, uh, doctor! You suddenly get like like yep. flashes of, of of horror and 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 darkness. Um, great. Uh, okay, um, that brings us to the uh, Neanderthal through the rock. Uh, rock didn't seem effective, but the clubs seemed to be going okay. But it did just see its friend go down, so um, she's kind of uncertain what to do. I relish its attempt, um, and it. Uh, it, it looks to its fellow with the phaser and kind of shrugs and then runs off into the trees. Which brings us to um, Elizabeth. You've just been hit by a club. Um, the, uh, the, the Neanderthal that did it is now at your knees. Or at, yeah, like at, on its knees, sort of like in front of you, grasping at its throat. And you can see it's, it's starting to, the, you know, the color starting to fade in its face. and it seems to be choking to death. I am horrified. <laughs> First of all, like, Spork! Not the time for conversation. <laughs> uh, Bartosz, do you think you can assist us here? Uh, certainly I can try. Okay. Um, I don't know if that counts as a minor, but while he's doing that, I'd like to uh, dive for my phaser or or walk to my phaser, <laughs> whatever the situation calls for. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, diving for the phaser sounds more exciting. Yeah. So let's say you, uh, you do that. There is still the one Neanderthal trying to figure out which way to aim. So, I mean, things are still a little heated. So, yeah. So you, you sort of like... Dive forward to the ground, grab your phaser. Um, just out of curiosity, uh, and I think this probably goes for all of you, um, is this your first? Is this your first away mission? Do you think? Yes. Yeah. So this is this is some. Yeah, Sims doesn't have like field medic. Or yeah, this, this is, is, geez, or, this is uh, definitely Emery's, but not Tor's. Spock, you yeah. pro- or Spork, you probably run around and. This is my first time with this crew for this ship, but I have engaged in physical combat before and emerged that triumphant. Is, that is what yeah. your file, what your file says. So that's good. Um, yeah. So, uh, so Elizabeth, yeah, this this like calling for Bartosz, like you, obviously you've done the training. You 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 know they've they've talked you through the simulations, everything else. But yeah, it's this is this is different. It's it's different when you know you're actually there and there's the dirt and the the collapsed larynxes and stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's interesting. Great. So uh, I'm going to say you throw yourself prone um, and you grab your, your phaser. So it's in your hand, but that's going to be your, your action for the, okay. the turn. Um, next up uh, is the Neanderthal with the phaser. Uh, I'm going to burn to threat and it's going to attempt to open fire. However, 
as it turns, you can see its finger hits the the trigger um, and Tor, you've seen this shit mm-hmm. before. You know how phasers work. So go ahead and take your take your shot. Awesome. Okay, so I am going to fire at that Neanderthal. Remind me, I haven't done this yet. No, no worries. Control so, and security? Uh, control plus security and a difficulty of two. Okay. So I needed... So I need a 12, so I one success on that. One success. So sadly, not yep. enough. Um, your shot is close, um, but uh, again, firing at ne- Neanderthals, they move in a slightly different way than you're used to, and uh, suddenly the creature fires a shot off at Spork. Shit. Uh, luckily, um, it's a, the shot goes wild. Uh, the creature seems as surprised about it as it could be, and uh, sort of in horror drops the phaser and uh, turns to run, right. um, which brings us to um, Bartosh. You've been called for for help. Yeah. What do you do? Seems restrain the patient, please. Yes, doctor. I can do that. And he kind of rushes forward and just sh- like shoves the Neanderthal <laughs> down um, and kind of like pins its arms and kind of looks back at you. There's a good fellow, Sims. <laughs> I'm a good fellow. <laughs> Uh, and let's uh, let's see if we can't get pop that larynx back out. It's <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the, uh, the the medical term Just for like it, right? Popping yeah. a car door back yeah, out. Exactly. Like. Yeah. <laughs> this is a dislocated larynx. That's all. You just have to hit the dent. <laughs> Maybe if we hit him hard <laughs> enough in the back of the neck. <laughs> all right, uh, go for it. So uh, you're going to attempt to uh, to fix his larynx. Yeah. Great. Um, so I'm going to say that this is um, what uh, what attribute would you use for this? Attributes? I think uh, I'm actually just supposed to tell you that. Sorry, I'll I know these control. better. Yeah, so um, I'm going to give this to you skills. as a, uh, a control and a medicine check. Cool, okay. Um, so, I'm going to say it's a, uh, a difficulty of two because your it's field conditions, yep. and also this is a non-standard injury. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Neanderthal physiology, mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. not xenobiology. Uh, so yeah, difficulty of two. Uh, keep in mind again, you can spend threat in order to gain momentum if you need it. Currently, the my pool target has is fifteen. I'm I'm confident that I can make that. So let's go for it. And oh, I didn't. One of them was a sixteen. So that's one success and one failure. Okay, not quite enough. Half the larynx. Yeah. Um, so you <laughs> he has uh, just enough to tell me his name before he dies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll carry it that with me forever. Oog. <laughs> Uh, so yes, unfortunately, the uh, the Neanderthal uh, kind of like looks up at you with pleading eyes and, and confusion as you try and uh, fix his larynx. But uh, unfortunately, uh, it's just the physiology is too complicated, and uh, it makes direct eye contact with you and breathes, ugh, and then uh, dies at your feet. Doc, Doctor Bart is silent. He's just silent resignation. And, uh, the theme from MASH starts playing real quietly in the background. It's it's kind of like a if if it can be, there's a non comedic not again <laughs> kind of <laughs> thing that goes through Bartosh's head. Maybe even slips past his lips, but that's that's all he has to say about that. Well, I don't think it can be non comedic, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not like yeah. Dr. Bart is not saying it's, it for it's the sake of for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's it's not in a space balls alien like oh no he's he's no. one liner into a really stoned Sims yeah <laughs> um, yeah and uh, Sims kind of lo- looks looks at it and looks at you and says like you did all you could just a shame you couldn't do more mm. it wasn't enough uh, all right uh, Spork 
Um, both the uh, remaining Neanderthals have fled into the woods. Uh, there's a dead I, one now. Did the other one flee, or did no, it's, it? it's, it's turned to flee. Yeah, it's it's starting to make its way off. Can I make it to that creature with a minor action? <laughs> yep, it's one zone. Spork, those creatures are our fellow crewmates. We have to bring them down so we can help them. Uh, and I bolt out of the shuttle, uh, moving forwards, and tackle slash grapple the Neanderthal attempting to flee. Tackle and grapple. Tackle and grapple. Tackle grapple. That's just fun to say. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, let's look up the grappling rules. Unless you know them. He's no, optimistically. I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think grapple, it is. Grapple is in there. I believe it is an opposed strength check, but we can check that. Yep. I think, oh, I think it's just another effect that you can put on a melee, but it prevents them from doing anything other than trying to escape the grapple. That makes sense. Which is a difficulty two fitness plus security check. Great. I burst forth in a, an unlikely fit of speed, should someone know the Vulcan people, uh, <laughs> in an act of shameless aggression. My muscles shaking aesthetically. I sprint. Are you shirtless? Cold. The uniform is very fitted. Mine is perhaps one size too small. Nothing could hold this gargantuan frame. Contoured. Everything about me is both sleek and excellent. I sprint forwards, uh, eschewing slash holstering my weapon. I, I hurl my entire body forward in the style of Brock Lesnar, a brutal spear, having learned it from the tribes people of my world. I tackle him to the ground and try to prevent him from doing any more harm. <laughs> I score one success. The other, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> um, so the uh, the Neanderthal looks over his shoulder and just sees the, this this horrifyingly perfect uh, Vulcan <laughs> running at it. Um, if there's one thing Neanderthals know, it's how to run away from scary things. <laughs> so as you throw yourself at it, it twists and you kind of like slam into it, and it kind of slams into you. But you kind of slide past it, and it kind of stumbles off to one side. Um, not the result you're hoping for, but uh, so it goes sometimes when you're trying to tackle Neanderthals. I say unsatisfactory. <laughs> uh, so the Neanderthal uh, looks at you in abject terror and kind of yells a little, <gasps> and uh, just books it, books it off into the jungle just at, at full tilt. So uh, that drops us out of combat order, mm -hmm. uh, obviously. So you have one unconscious uh, Neanderthal over by the shuttle uh, and one dead one. Doctor, do you want to examine them before you carry on? Absolutely, yeah. All does. right. I do. So if you could please roll me, um, let's say a reason and medicine, please, with a difficulty of two. All right. So we are looking at uh, 16. Two successes. Right. So um, you're able to uh, determine that, yes, the, the, obviously the, the ripped Starfleet uniforms are uh, consistent with what the, uh, the science team would be wearing. Mm -hmm. um, they uh, look to be fairly healthy, other than the fact that they're uh, Neanderthals. But it seems strange to you that the, you know, their human physiology is good. Um, but from all in for all intents and purposes, it looks like they've mutated into um, sort of de-evolved and mutated into a... Uh, an earlier state of humanity. Okay. Um, is it like, does it look like literal de-evolution? Like they have like the Neanderthal, like skull kind of? Yeah, it, it looks, um, I mean, just from the, from the inside, although you've got that, a dead one, so you, you, you can, you can poke around a bit, but um, yeah, Dr. it looks. Uh, phrenology, everyone. So he knows this kind of thing <laughs> and the legitimate science, of course. Yeah. You brought your phrenology <laughs> measuring glasses. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it looks uh, the bone structure doesn't look to have shifted. It looks more like a, a muscle mutation, but okay. um, you you get the sense that uh, it might be in a, a body trying to adapt to a form that it doesn't naturally take. So even if the bone structure can't really shift, you know the the okay. body's overcompensating. Okay. By mutating. This this is going to be kind of a bit of a meta thing, but I'm not too sure how like the tricorder, like the med kit work. But I remember seeing like the doctors kind of waves a thing over people, even though they're unconscious, can start figuring stuff out. Can I like? Can I detect any abnormal brain activity or hemorrhaging in the brain or anything like that on our unconscious patient? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I'd, I'd say um, that will be a check. Uh, we'll say um, reason and medicine, uh, difficulty zero. So you're welcome to roll if you want, but you sure. don't have to. Uh, yeah, two successes. Great. So you gain two momentum. Great. I'll hang on to those. Uh, so I won't spend them anymore, guys. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so this isn't a, a phenomenon that you're familiar with at all. Mm-hmm. Um you can tell there isn't any brain hemorrhaging. Um, it literally seems as though their uh, physiology shifted um, into so an earlier weird. state of being. Um, you can see, though, that the uh, with that came a more primitive sort of checking their brain waves, and also with your telepathy and what you've experienced so far, it seems with that came a more limited way of thinking. The brain itself hasn't shifted, but the chemistry is is changing. Okay. Um, and that uh, these creatures likely were thinking at the the level of a Neanderthal. Okay. So that the brain is still the same size, but it's operating differently. I see. I approach from the edge of the field, oh, and I peculiar. turn to the doctor and say, I find your priorities both disturbing and suggesting of incompetence. We have an injured crew member, and you are currently worried about an unconscious enemy. Well, the feeling's mutual, Spork. Um, there's your handiwork over there in the shuttle. We've lost one of our crew. I find it unsatisfactory that you could not save that being, Doctor. I am concerned about your efficiency and will be reporting so to First Officer Andrews at the conclusion of this mission. Sounds good, Spork. You carry on. Uh, Miss Cobalt, oh, pardon me, Lieutenant? I'm bad at this. Yeah. Lieutenant Cobalt, may I have a look? Okay, so I am currently facing the clearing where mm-hmm. uh, the Neanderthal just kind of ran away, and I'm not facing the crew members, so I'm going... Oh my god, 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 oh my god. And I <laughs> just uh not what I pictured my first away mission to be. So I turn around and I go, uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just gra- I'm grasping my arm because my arm was, I guess, a little bit hurt yeah, when the phaser yeah. got knocked so out. So the good news is um you didn't suffer any complications Great. um from the uh from the attack. Uh so you don't have any extra conditions on you. Um Basically, at the end of a scene, uh, you're able to take a breather. At the end of the scene, you'll be able to take a breather because you're not in any active uh, combat situations, uh, and you'll be able to recover the lost stress. Uh, for the purposes of this, though, we'll say you go over, you kind of take a look at the arm. You know, it looks like it's going to bruise, but it's nothing too, too bad. Um, no breaks, no sprains. Um, so you can uh, set your stress back up to full. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I guess just for the record, I, I am both um, afraid of uh, Spork, but also a little bit relieved he's with us, which is a little disturbing to me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, fair. But uh, um, I guess I just say to the group, I, we should look for their aircraft and see if we can get the hell off this planet. Sims is like, agreed. Uh, Tor, are you doing anything? Um, I just want to beg the question, uh, is our priority getting off of this planet immediately or trying to rescue our fellow Starfleet officers? There are Starfleet crew here to save. Currently, we are in a mixed priority mission. Step one, we should make sure we are able to leave this planet as we do not know whether we will be, for lack of a better term, devolved ourselves. As well, weirdly, I agree with that. 
as Bork put that, uh, I got to agree. If we can't get off the planet, we can't rescue them. Sims is like, yes, we absolutely should be able to get off this planet. Are you kidding me? Why is Sims so different than before? He's drugged. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Sims. I'll, uh, I'll, look, I'll look at the doctor, and because he isn't being forthcoming, I'll say, uh, I had a, uh, a conversation with uh, the ship's doctor, and he, uh, he, he helped me see that uh, our priority had to be action and not, and not panic, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm better now. And his eyes are kind of like focusing and defocusing a little bit, but he seems all right. I'm requesting your phaser, sir. He uh, looks to Dr. Bart and says, listen, you don't outrank me down here, Spork. I'm keeping my phaser. Are you kidding? What if more of those things jump out? You can't always be there to break their throats. Firstly, that is an incorrect assumption. I will live longer than you in any combat scenario, so I will be present. Should I die, it will be a threat that is so great that you could not possibly survive without my <laughs> this presence. This is the Dwight Schrute of Star Trek. <laughs> 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 Just made that connection. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the only reason I request your phaser is I am worried you will do more harm to yourself or this crew than the enemy. I will turn to the rest of the crew and paint a picture with words. <laughs> ah, I was going to say <laughs> Bob Ross over here. <laughs> we have been involved in several dangerous emergency scenarios. Firstly, the accident at the shuttle, which involved... Sims running into the cockpit and yelling for an explanation in the middle of free fall, which is both inadvisable and distracting from the task at the time. Secondly, we have engaged in an emergency combat scenario with an opponent that could not be negotiated with, at which point Sims hid theoretically in the back of the shuttle while also demanding the attention of our doctor, who perhaps if he had had more time or more presence would have been able to save the life of this former Starfleet person. Our next battle he could draw a weapon. He could fire on one of us. He could miss. He could run. He is as much a danger to himself and the rest of the team as he is to the enemy, perhaps greater so due to proximity. I would like to strip him of his weapon, but we are all at equal rank. I propose a vote. I would tend to agree, Spork. You've convinced me. I, 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 I don't know what to say. Uh, I, obviously, I vote to keep my phaser. Doctor, you're on my side, right? I think you should give him your phaser until your head's cleared up. Elizabeth? We'll take care of you, but I, I really don't think you being armed right now is the smartest decision. He, I'm sorry. He looks so disappointed and just, like, utterly betrayed. And I gotta say, as, as the GM sitting, like, all of you are staring at me, it's that. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, fine. See how it is. I'll make my report to Anders when we're back on the ship. And he takes off his phaser and he throws it at your feet in disgust. But he's, kinda, he's still kind of dopey, so like, it's not a great throw. But I will be noting that you threw a live weapon at a <laughs> fellow officer in my final report. But don't worry, Sims. I have a way to improve your morale, as clearly it is lacking. You may carry our captive as we move onwards. I cannot believe this guy. <laughs> so uh, Sims just kind of like glowers at you and then starts trying to like get the Neanderthal up on his back. Um, Sims is, is like a... Uh, I think like Joe Latruglio, like he's, he's that he's just Joe Latruglio is playing his character. Um, and he, oh, he just go. like the Neanderthal's like easily got a foot on him, but he just kind of puts it on his back and starts dragging like the, the Neanderthal's feet drag behind him. He's basically pulling him like, you know, like how Hercules wears like a lion's pelt. It's like, it's like <laughs> right. that. It's mm -hmm. like, it's a shitty carry, but it's the best he could manage. 
Is is the Neanderthal restrained in any way, or is he just going to regain consciousness and start choking out Sims? Well, I mean, you haven't restrained him, so you tell me. Do we have that kind of stuff? I mean, he's stunned. He, he's he's pretty well out. Yeah, yeah. Should it's he come? Fine. Should he come back? Or, <laughs> if he comes back around, we can blast him again. I take out my communicator. Spork to First Officer Anders. There's uh, there's no response. There's just uh, there's just static. You can tell the ion storm is messing with your your equipment. Did um. Did the Neanderthals all run away in the same direction? Yeah, they kind of ran off. Uh, so in the distance, you can see a couple kilometers away, sort of up on a hill is the, um, not a, like a hill, but up on a like, small plateau, is the uh, science facility that's been set up by the, uh, the science team. It's kind of one of those, um, uh, it's almost a prefab thing. Hmm. So, you know, they just kind of plopped it down, uh, like it would have been dropped off by some shuttles and connected it sort of a modular uh, setup. And then, uh, so you can see that in the distance, the Neanderthals kind of ran off in the opposite direction. Oh, opposite direction. Interesting. Um, there is a lot of jungle around, though, so yeah. they could very easily be making their way. Right. So whatever happened to these guys, there could be some of the away team that were not affected by the disfiguration. Maybe they're holed up somewhere in the science center. That's entirely possible. Well, you know what? We're out exposed in the elements here. Our shuttle is inoperable. We should probably get to the science facility. And salvage what we can. This is a logical deduction. Doctor, do we have any more medical or scientific use for this corpse? <laughs> N- no. I turn <laughs> my phaser to maximum and I immolate the corpse so it disappears. Well, I'll be noting that in my report, <laughs> Spork. Why? Why would you do that? It serves absolutely no purpose, and we do not have time for an appropriate no. burial as required by Starfleet. We could have it. We don't know what happened to it. I just asked if it served any medical or scientific purpose. I followed the doctor's advice. I thought you meant immediately. By definition, that would have been included in the question, both now and long term. And Hence. you took my phaser away. That's Sim- actually a fair point, Sims. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we have another vote? I think um, he's already vaporized. At this, at I'm this talking point, about this guy's phaser. <laughs> at this point, what's done is done, and I think we should take uh, everything that Spork says at face value now, very literally. Uh, so, do, do let's let, have, like, let's charges? move on. I'm sorry for cutting you off. That's okay. Um, in terms of uh, yeah, the the battery can be depleted, but in actual game mechanics, that's a complication that could occur. Okay, but uh, no, it's a, you don't need to note your okay. Your it's more like wasting shots or something that that would be a concern. Generally speaking, no, it's just okay. yeah. If you roll, roll so poorly. Weird. If you roll a twenty, eh. yeah. yeah. Before we exit, I go into the shuttle uh, and using my phaser at a low setting, remove some of the restraint straps, which I then use to restrain the Neanderthal that Sims is struggling to carry. Before we advance into the woods, that's good thinking. Okay, great. So, um, with uh, with Sims grumbling kind of under his breath behind you, and uh, a pile of ash that was once one of Starfleet's finest uh, blowing slightly in the wind, uh, you begin making your way towards the science facility as the uh, the storm begins to worsen over your heads. Our Star Trek Adventures One Shot features our GM Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. Players Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter. Laura Elizabeth at El Hamstring on Twitter. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter. And the mysterious Kristen, who don't need no help with Twitter traffic. This episode was edited by Ryan Laplante, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's art is by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker. That's M R K R on Twitter. This show's theme music is Gothic Trip with Thunder Horse by Damiano Baldoni, and our ads use the tracks No Control and. 
and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you could join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks for listening. Smash that subscribe button and show your love to One Shots. DJ One Shots out of here. <laughs> Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.